Common sense gun reform. If you're going to use a term like common sense, you have to have a little. Don't worry, law-abiding citizens and rightful gun owners and responsible gun owners. I'm coming after you too. I wasn't going to do this, but I had some wonderful ideas today. And I think we need to have this discussion. And I think that I might actually have a solution. That's what's coming up in this episode. Let's get into it. That's right. Common sense gun reform. So I'm going to weigh in on this. I, you know, I'm three episodes in and I'm already doing an episode about something I didn't really want to do one about. I don't want to be that guy that's, you know, gets big or popular off of, you know, the the craziness in America, but this, this podcast is about life and liberty and the pursuit of cool stuff, uh, love and happiness and money and freedom. And the gun control issue is, uh, is an issue of freedom. So we're going to dive into this. I think we're going to, going to tear apart both sides. And then hopefully at the end of this thing, we're going to have, you know, uh, an idea uh, that I think that really everybody wants. So let's start with common sense gun laws. You know, I read on Facebook today a lot of arguments about we're not trying to take your guns away. We just want to, to save the children. We just want to make the world a safer place. And, and I honestly believe that that that's what a lot of people want. Um, I honestly believe that's what a lot of people think, you know, maybe even the government wants for us. I caution people about using buzzwords like common sense gun reform. Those things are put into place by lobbyists, by people who want to control the outcome. And unfortunately, a lot of our government is that way. A lot of our government is is run by groups of people who want to control a certain outcome and they utilize buzzwords, they utilize apparently now children um, to try to sway the court of public opinion. And by us regurgitating the same thing, we are perpetuating their agenda. And I honestly don't believe that their agenda is 100% what you may think it is. And I'm not going to get into that. Um, You know, I don't want to really kind of dive into why the right to bear arms is is important. I think that's that's been beat to death. Um, I don't know that anybody will ever win that argument, uh, especially being, you know, a lawful gun owner. Uh, like myself, you know, I'm all for it. And I understand that there are people who don't believe, you know, we should have that right or that that right should be limited in some capacity. And I have to remind you real quick, it is. I cannot own a machine gun. Um, You know, I can't, there are certain weapons that as an American, I can't own. It is already regulated. However, I draw the line at semi-automatics. I draw the line at regulating the size of the magazine that I'm supposed to have. 
Um, anytime that you allow the government to regulate something like that, yet does not regulate themselves, sets us up as citizens to be controlled. And if you don't believe that, just look back in history. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But I will talk about the first issue, people wanting to ban assault-style weapons or quote-unquote military-style weapons. Again, you guys are using buzzwords that are put in place designed to control the outcome. When you use something like, I just want to ban assault weapons, um, you have to define assault weapon. And you can't define assault weapon. I'm, I'm not going to make your argument for you, but you can't, dis, you can't define it. Any weapon is an assault weapon, and, and that topic's been beat to death as well. But what I'm getting at is what you are saying is you want to ban semi-automatics, um, or you want to ban a certain style of weapon because, because it's scary looking, or it's military grade, quote unquote. Let me tell you something. It is not military grade. The assault rifle in the military, the M4, previously the M16, M16A1, A2, has a feature on it that we can't get as American citizens, and that's the three-round burst. We cannot have a three-round burst assault rifle as a regular non-licensed firearm dealer. We can have a semi-automatic, which means as fast as we can pull the triggers, as fast as the bullets will come out, but we cannot have a three-round burst. So your argument for military-grade or military-style weapons is already null and void. The other problem with the, I just want to ban military-style weapons, is the military uses a large arsenal of weapons. The M4, or excuse me, the M9, um, which is a Beretta 9mm handgun is a military-style weapon. Let me tell you something. The equivalent of the civilian version of that handgun has no difference from the military-style weapon. So saying you want to ban military-style weapons or military-grade weapons is a very, very slippery slope, and I need you to, to think about that for a second when you're, when you're coming up with your solution for for gun ownership or for, uh, excuse me, gun control or gun regulation to not use words like military style or common sense because honestly, you don't know what you're actually asking for and that's a very dangerous position to take. The other issue is magazine capacity. Uh, again, I saw on our wonderful social media platform about nobody needs a 30 round magazine to hunt. If you need a 30 round magazine or a semi-automatic to hunt, you suck at it. And I'm not even gonna argue with that fact. You don't need a 30 round magazine to hunt. In fact, a lot of hunters probably don't hunt with a 30 round magazine. That's not the point. The point becomes that number one, Again, where do you draw the line? Are you going to kind of re reinstate um, magazine capacity laws? And if you are, how many is okay? Because let me tell you something right now that the argument you want to limit capacity 
does not solve the problem of gun violence. It does not solve the problem of mass shootings. It doesn't solve the problem of school shootings or any other style shooting. And if you want gun control and gun reform, you need to look at it from how can we actually save as many lives as possible. And limiting the magazine capacity doesn't do that. And here's why. Number one, if you have a semi-automatic rifle and a five-round magazine, I can still carry as many rounds as I would have carried had I had a 30-round magazine. I can have more than one five-round magazine on my person if I were to commit a crime. I could double stack five-round magazines and actually be able to reload that magazine as quickly as I would another magazine. So when you are saying, again, I want to limit magazine capacity, you're kind of saying that 10 children dying is okay, but 30 children dying is not okay. And I know that's going to sound really, really asinine, um, but it's the same argument that I get when I say I want to keep my semi-automatic. People say, so you're okay with children dying. Well, the answer is obviously fucking no. I don't think anybody's okay with children dying. However, we have to be careful on the issue of gun control. What we have happening right now, unfortunately, is a bunch of people who did not pay attention in history class and or were bored with history and don't understand why the rights that we have as American citizens are actually put into place. And it has nothing to do with hunting. When I was in history class, I hated it. And I asked my teacher, why do I even have to study this stuff? It doesn't make sense. It happened in the past. Who cares? Who cares what date the Gettysburg Address took place? And my teacher's answer to me was very, very simple. And I took it to heart. And I became a quasi-student of history. And the answer was very simple. And it was, those who do not understand history are bound to repeat it. And if you understand the American history, if you understand history at all, a lot of those things we do not want to repeat. There was a lot of travesties that happened, and we don't want to repeat those travesties. So when we talk about gun control, we have to be very, very careful on what we're asking for. And asking to ban any style of weapon, asking to, it leads to a slippery slope, asking to ban a magazine capacity is not the answer because one is too many, as well as 30 is too many. So what do we do? And this is the genius of my day. So I was at work, and I got thinking about this issue. And I don't think anybody's against background checks. I don't think anybody's against stricter background checks. Um, I think that's something that should definitely be put in place. Universal, across the board. Doesn't matter what weapon you are buying. 
there should be a background check. I think that should be limited um, on who can own a, a firearm. You know, we get into the mental illness things and things like that, felons, whatever. Um, we need to have a serious discussion about what groups of people will be ex- excluded from purchasing firearms. Background checks is number one. Very simple and easy to do. Number two, I don't have a problem with wet registering every weapon that I own to my name. In fact, I suggest registering it to my social security number. Um, I own an, an, a, or I own a, an, an AR. I own a nine millimeter. This serial number belongs to this social security number. And I think that should be done for every single weapon. I do not, however, think I should have to, as some people have stated, report where it's kept at in my house. Um, I do still believe I should have the right to carry that weapon basically wherever I want um, for protection purposes. So background checks, weapon registration, 100% agree. Let's talk about the, the gun show loophole and private sale. Here's where I'm coming after the lawful gun owners. I think that we should still be able to have private sales. I think we should still be able to have gun show sales. However, I think that the person purchasing the weapon should have to provide a cleared background check to the private party that is selling them the weapon. Once that is done, the paperwork should be filled out that it was sold to this person, this social security number, this background check reference number, the serial number of the weapon. And that paperwork should then be filed. Not with yourself, but with the government in some form or fashion. That is a legal transfer of gun ownership. And that's how that works. So if I sell my AR... To Jim down the road, I have record of it, obviously. Jim has record of it, obviously, as well as the federal government has record that I am no longer the owner and Jim is the owner of that weapon. Therefore, if a crime is committed with that weapon, Jim is held responsible for that. This allows lawful gun owners to still have private sale. I believe if you own property, you should be able to sell your property in any manner that you wish. Um this still allows gun shows to continue. It's a simple matter of having a background check before you go purchase a weapon. I think it's fairly simple. If your gun is stolen, here's where it gets a little bit hairy. And here's where the lawful gun owners might go, well, that's just ridiculous. If your gun is stolen and a crime is committed with your weapon, you are still culpable in that crime, meaning you will be held responsible for that crime as well as the person that committed it. Robert, that's outrageous. I didn't commit any crimes. You're 100% right. But what you didn't do is keep your weapon secure and out of the hands of a criminal, out of the hands of somebody who should not have it. And by you not being a responsible gun owner, which is the word and term we, on the opposite side of the argument, like to use, since you were not being a responsible gun owner, you are still culpable. 
do you prevent your gun from being stolen? Very simple. Keep it on your person. If it's not on your person, keep it locked away in a gun safe. Guess what that also does? It prevents children from getting a hold of your weapon and going to shoot up a school. Robert, a weapon is no good inside of a safe because if someone breaks into my house, I have to open up the combination or have to remember the combination and open up the safe to go defend my family. Okay, like I said, as long as it's by your person, nobody should come into your house and steal it out from underneath your pillow and then go and commit a crime with it. There's nothing wrong with keeping a handgun in your nightstand. But when you're not around, lock it in the gun safe or carry it on your person. Very, very simple, very, very effective. And personally, I believe background checks I believe gun registration, and I believe holding responsible gun owners for crimes committed with a weapon that was theirs prevents a lot of these mass shootings. In fact, it'll probably lower gun crime rate. Why? Because now people will not be selling guns privately to people that shouldn't be owning guns. And if a gun comes up stolen, that gun's going to get reported missing, number one. But if a gun, guns will stop being stolen and sold on the street because as gun owners become more responsible, it makes it harder for criminals to get those guns. Those are my three points to responsible gun ownership. Not limiting the type of weapon that I'm allowed to have, not limiting the magazine capacity that I'm allowed to have, but holding the people responsible that own the weapons. I told you responsible law-abiding citizens, I was coming after you too and you might not like it, but we have to do something. The fact of the matter is, and I don't care what statistic you throw out there, People die in Chicago from gang violence. People die from diabetes. People die from heart disease. People die from being fat. Way more than gun deaths. Yeah, I get that. But diabetes doesn't run into a school and shoot 17 kids. Being fat doesn't run into a school and kill 11 people. Mass shootings do. And when we, start st when we talk about the safety of our children, I don't think any measure is too far within the rights of our Constitution. If those don't work, there is a step four, which I am not a huge fan of. But the last one is not arming our teachers, but putting security in our schools. But I honestly believe those first three points, if you really just want to reduce and eliminate mass shootings and gun violence, those are how it's done. And that's from a responsible gun owner. All right. That's my last point. We'll get back to the, the fun and freedom and cool stuff next time. Let me know what you guys think. Give me your arguments. I'd love to hear them. 
I have no problem with having a open and honest discussion. I think I covered everything. I don't honestly believe that there is a whole lot more to discuss. But if you think I missed something, send me uh, send me an email, themalarstone at gmail.com. Uh, if you are using the Audible app, you can actually leave a message for me on here as well. Um, but when you do, cover your points, just like I did. Let me know. Let me know what you want. Don't use buzzwords. Don't use propaganda. I don't even need statistics. But I want to know what you want. Clearly defined what you want. If I didn't cover it, and and we'll discuss it. You know, maybe we'll get to it. Uh, maybe we'll get to it on another podcast. Maybe just you and I will discuss it, um, depending on what what the point is. But I honestly think that those those three things reduce slash eliminate mass shootings. Um, do not infringe on on anybody's right as a lawful gun owner, and uh, and stops the propaganda machine from from pushing something onto the citizens that could be potentially very very dangerous. So, all right, guys, I'll talk to you next time. It'll be a much more light podcast. See ya.